Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill <laughs> Wrestling Federation Podcast Brothers and Sisters, and you pluralized brothers. It's pluralized brothers this time. Wow. Is it because we have a special guest? We do have a special guest. Two very important moments here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast. We have a brand new member of the THWF family, a brand new member of the Harris household, and a brand new member of the Cosker clan. (laughs) We have the newest addition to Casa de Clover. No. (laughs) We have Mr. Zane Hamakawa Harris. Z-H-H, Z-H-H, (laughs) Z-H-H. He's not Triple H. He's Z-H-H. He was born on January 31st. He's only five days old at this point. Five days old as of this recording. And uh, he's here. And he's, he's loving life. He's laying on a mat on the floor right now. And yeah, Chilling. he's just listening to us do our thing. So thank you all for listening once again. Uh, another new member of the THWF clan is here for us. Uh, we d- definitely got a lot to talk about this week. And also another great moment on this podcast as i am sean harris and i am aaron kosker speaking of aaron kosker the ukrainian sensation (laughs) this is the first time she's opening a drink so that's why i had to crack this cold one in honor of her because (laughs) cheers babe cheers and the rule of cheersing is you have to look the person you're cheersing straight in the eyes the whole time that's kind of creepy it's very creepy but it's a rule so it play by creepy Uh, but yes, this is your first drink in nine months since you have had to pop out this child I know. that is sitting here with us right now. Uh, yeah, this is your first drink. How's it feel, babe? I feel it feels illegal almost because I wasn't able <laughs> to for so long. Um, and that's the thing too. Like early on, like when we found out that I was pregnant, um, when we were recording, we just made it seem like i was like drinking alcoholic beverages just to you know play it up because that's what we did Virgin i would drink. no that's I what you're drinking during your pregnancy uh no i wasn't and virgin mojitos and virgin margaritas no, it was and virgin sangria virgin sangria virgin mojito virgin caesars that's what you're doing during the last nine months before you had to uh not push this little guy out and not have to go into labor. You've ha- you have two kids now, uh, one stepchild and two natural, your own children, and you still have not experienced labor in your life. <laughs> he looks hungry. <laughs> yeah, he just had like basically two ounces, so. Yeah. Yeah. He's a hungry boy. Hungry, hungry hippo over here. But yeah, he but was yeah, cut out of my abdomen. So you've never actually experienced labor, even though you have two of your own children. 
C-section. Okay. I'm going to say, because I know there's people that are going to be listening and they're going to be like, wow, she took the easy way out. C-section is not the fucking it's easy, not way, the easy out. way out. Bro. The thing is, is I have multiple sclerosis. Sometimes I have issues with um, feeling like nerves and um, being able to even walk properly, let alone do anything else. Concentrate on pushing a fucking baby out. So... Um, in that case my neurologist said that it was probably safer for a c-section but i could choose to do natural if i wanted to and because i had our first son via c-section and we were having this little guy um not even two years later my uh doctor also said you know if you want to do a natural birth that's fine but if you want to do C-section like that might you might end up in emergency C-section anyways and i have a terrible fear of surgery yeah it's, you've had three surgeries in i've the last had two three years. in two years it's easier for me to just say no i'm just gonna do it and be able to mentally prepare myself so that's what i did and now he's here he is and he's a lovely little man and he's uh barking he's- up a a whole thing right now <laughs> he is a hungry boy hungry growing boy he is a hungry growing boy and now he is cuddling with me and i'm in my element yeah He's a sweet guy that's yeah. what he is uh tree hill wrestling federation podcast here uh you can uh follow us on the tiktoks instagram facebooks nexopia tout myspace aol and msn messenger at tree hill wf dot podcast as the other fucking piece of shit in our house is making noise and that would be one of our cats we also have a dog under the table snoring oh my god dude seriously this is what our life is now literally just everybody making noise around us yeah so you can get us on the socials at treehillwf.podcast and listen in on all streaming services including what Fuck off. Spotify. No. What? Go away. Spotify. <laughs> Apple Podcast. Whoa. I'm feeling that two oh sips God, already. Yeah, two <laughs> sips, bro. Okay, Sean. <laughs> Normally I could drink you under the table, but this is my first drink Do in a long time. Under the table if you want. Ew. Uh, what, what Google Podcast. Service? What? And iHeartRadio. I what? Radio. Uh, so yes, we're starting with One Tree Hill, but before we get to One Tree Hill, so I want to preface this a couple things because this is the first time we're actually recording a podcast since before this little guy was born and also before the Royal Rumble. So, um, a lot of shit happened over the last week and a half, not just in our lives, but in the wrestling world as well, too. Yeah. Mystic Man came out as, uh, well, we all knew, but uh, we had actual inconsequential evidence that he likes to shit on women's faces. So, um, <laughs> Ew. and get Brock Lesnar to do the same thing and a whole host of other production members and stuff. So everybody who is even remotely associated with Vince McMahon is now like resigned from the company, basically. And uh, Vince was forced to resign from the company as well so uh yeah the janelle grant or something is this woman he sexually exploited in the company and now she she left the company now she's suing and it's just a whole thing and now we're looking at our era which is literally run by vince mcmahon is now he could be we have rapey boston pizza over here like 
And why do you it think that happens? It makes all the fucking sense in the world because now Vince why McMahon that was made allowed. The, the fucking decisions to do this shit. Hey, you think about that Brian Pillman shit's the worst thing you're going to see? You haven't seen anything yet, brother. Oh, do I need a barf bag for every episode? <laughs> like, seriously? Although Vince McMahon, yes, he has done and booked and, you know, and been in charge of the company. He's done some of the most amazing things that I've ever seen in my life on television. Yeah, he's a pervy, rapey, weird fuck. And now he's going to be paying the price. So okay. let's just keep it at that for him. I uh, will still mention Vince, obviously, on podcast because he's all over what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, that we'll keep that in the past and anything in the future that we know about Vince McMahon. That stays in the future. Yes. There's can not I, much we can do about that. Can I talk about how these drinks for a sec? Yeah. These drinks that I got you to get yeah. me because yeah. I can't drive right now um, due to having major abdominal surgery. Um, I am drinking right now a Crazy Uncle hard cream soda. <laughs> and... Holy shit. I also have a hard root beer. You got me too. Yeah. Because that's what I asked for. And I'm already feeling it. And I've only had a few sips of the one. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to be interesting. Good shit. Uh, back at the ranch actually here brother uh another huge thing in wrestling i just want to get all the current wrestling shit out of the way before we get into this is uh you know the rock is uh partly the owner of uh, tko now who is like the parent company that has wwe and so uh, the rock uh, effectively uh wants to finish cody Rhodes' story and that's that's the brouhaha in uh current wrestling they needed a distraction from vince mcmahon so basically cody Rhodes, who's been on a two-year story line of trying to become uh the world champion is now two months away from becoming said world champion and beating roman reigns who has had the title for almost four years we're gonna have baby hiccups on the podcast of course we will and people will love it uh but roman reigns has been the world champion for almost four years now Mm -hmm. and cody rose is two months away from finishing his story of his dad never being able to win the the big title now he can and all of a sudden a couple months before mania especially after cody rose has won the last two royal rumbles uh the rock has come out of nowhere and booked himself into a world title main event wrestlemania match with roman reigns how do you feel about that like a full-time wrestler who's worked his ass off for years is current has been in a, a part of this two-year storyline and now the rock out of nowhere he hasn't done nothing in the ring for close to a decade feels like he can just come in and usurp his main event at wrestlemania i don't like I honestly barely understand any of the context behind all of this because I just haven't really paid attention. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I don't pay attention to the current day shit. Sure. The only thing I paid attention to was Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble (laughs) and that was the number. And you won a Royal Rumble pool because I won it and I wasn't even watching it. You were paying attention to it for me. And then I was able to buy something with my winnings, which I did immediately after. (laughs) That's all I've paid attention to. So I don't like, I don't know this guy's trajectory, like what he's been through to go like for this, however long run that he's been trying to go for this title. Like, so I... I feel like it's kind of like rude, but also daddy, <laughs> the rock is daddy. 
<sighs> yes, but he's done nothing to earn this world title match at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. Now, obviously, obviously, I have to make sure my little boy is fed before anything. <laughs> but, I mean, The Rock has come in and he's completely destroyed uh, the DC Universe with Black Adam. He's completely destroyed the XFL. Now he wants to destroy WWE as well, apparently, uh, from within because he's a shareholder with TKO, who is the parent company of WWE now. Which WWE is going to be on Netflix in 11 months. Yeah, I know. You were telling cool. me. It was super cool. So we can we can cancel our WWE Network subscription. Well, yeah, because it's, in WWE because it's not going to be a thing. It's not going to be a thing. So it'll, it'll just be, be gone. Yeah, but it's going to have like a whole wrestling section. We'll save $13 a month. <laughs> $14.99, brother. <laughs> well, it's because I subscribe through it through Telus, so it's cheaper. Right. Oh, so it's cheaper. Gotcha. Either way. That's the goings-ons with us. That's the goings-on with the wrestling world. And, yeah, there is a partly Tree Hill uh, portion of the show, and I guess we have to go through it. So it's episode Get 53. the fuck out of here. I guess we have to go through it. Season 3, episode 8. It's the worst day or new day since yesterday. And that rhymed, brother. Even though it's the same word, because I'm like Ozzy Osbourne, and I rhyme masses with masses. Why? Because that's what Ozzy Osbourne does. Oh fuck! Anywho, anywho, Brooke is obvi regretting the Chris Keller hookup. I don't think she a, she regretted any hookup she's ever had in her life because she's a hua. No, this one she regrets because not only is Chris Keller so not her type of dude, um, she has also hated him throughout this entire thing. She hated Felix, and then she dated him. Yeah, but I think in a way she saw like good qualities in Felix and he like there was nothing good no, I know. about Felix. But Brooke was also blinded. She had everything that happened in season one with Lucas and Peyton go on and she was so angry and he just he was next door. It was convenient. He's a grand wizard. He's a homophobe whatever and then <laughs> chris keller is just a disgusting dude and he played into the whole let's cheers to your clothes and all this stuff got her drunk it's it's a chris keller move yeah but you know but she regrets it obviously she skips school like she's it's the first game and she's skipping school. Yeah. Because, which now she can't cheer at that game because she skipped school. It's kind of like she's, I don't know. Eric, uh, Rachel's better anyway, so it's okay. Um, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> don't you fucking dare. Anyways. She's hotter moving, too. Fuck off. Moving on. Peyton agrees that she'll talk to Lucas because obviously Brooke is devastated and she's too too devastated to face him even right now. And he probably wouldn't even want to talk to her anyways. So anyways, Nathan goes to the studio to pay for uh, Haley's studio time. And Chris says something about... Oh, like you coming here because I hooked up with Brooke 
and Nathan's like, you hooked up with Brooke? Yeah, I didn't even know. He didn't even know. And then he's like, you're such a piece of shit, bro. Like, stop being terrible. And then uh, he lunges, like, does this weird lunge at Chris and scares him off his seat. And then he's like, that's me hitting you without hitting you. And then uh, Chris says he's into singers, not cheerleaders. But, you know, Haley is a singer. So it kind of riled up Nathan. Nathan never paid for the studio time. He left without paying. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Just peace. Karen is on the radio to talk about her campaign. And we have a caller on this radio show. And it's Keith. An unemployed mechanic from Tree Hill. And she's like, you could see her light up. Yeah, you could totally see it in her face. She's and like, then what? And then you hear you hear Dan's good voice, old Dan, the heliest heel that ever healed, besides Vince McMahon. He's saying some shit about oh, you had a child out of wedlock and all with this him with him, <laughs> but um, like saying all this shit and then. Karen kind of slaps back at him pretty good. She got him pretty good, actually. Yeah, no, she. He was embarrassed. Yeah, he got owned, but definitely <laughs> clapped back quite well. And it's just Dan being an ass again, basically. Yeah, and yeah. She knows what to say when that happens. Yeah. Okay, we need to talk about employee discounts. Okay, what's your employee Kay. discount? <sighs> Bro, the list is long. Yeah, I know. You get an intense employee discount. Okay, I don't even need to talk about. I get 30 times the save on points or 10% off, much like they get at suburban literal filth. suburban filth. So my, okay, I'm going to talk about three key ones. I'm not even going to talk about the other perks that we get on top of it. I get 40% off my cell phone plan. Woo. I get, okay, I'll talk about four, $240 off a phone every year okay. or every two years. Okay. Yearly. On like a contract. Okay. I get 40% off our TV, internet, home security, whatever, home phone. 40% off that shit. Yep. And then in-store accessories, discounts vary from 30% to 50% depending on this type of accessory. Cases, audio, wow. charging... I get ten percent so, off or thirty times the points. The end. <laughs> and much like uh, Brooke, who gets a ten percent employee discount because she's literal filth. Oh my god! And it's like she doesn't even get paid for like her designs or anything. So that's what she's upset about. She's like, I gave you guys these designs, and then um, the lady that I guess is the manager is like. Well, actually, you signed a contract stating that any designs you make for the company are the company's. Like, they're owned by them. So, she's in breach of contract. Basically. Yeah. And Brooke's like... Because she's too stupid to read a contract. Who reads the fucking contract on that shit? Because she's the only one who wouldn't because she's an idiot. She can't even read a contract. The thing is, is Brooke probably thought of it as... Hey, I'm working at a store that sells clothes. I love clothes. Oh, so you're, when you're that stupid, you wouldn't think to hang read the fine on. Print. Shut the fuck up. Quit shitting on Brooke all the time, okay? Uh, Bret Hart, what? 
the best there is. I didn't shit on Bret Hart for a long the time at the start was? of this podcast. Yeah, only until took two he months. got whiny. Oh, he took two months. Okay, but you've been shitting on Brooke this entire fucking podcast. She's a terrible fucking person and character. Shut up. It's true. Shut up. Just let me let me go on this. So she is just upset at this point because now her designs are owned by the company. Like she just, she does this for fun. She did it for fun. And then they approached her and were like, hey, you should submit those. So they basically kind of went around and said, like, you should submit those and get them on the clothes in the store because that's cool. She didn't intend to do that. So they kind of snaked her into it. But she signed a contract. They. Yes, she signed a contract. Yeah. But they snaked her into doing it, not mentioning, oh, by the way, in the contract that you signed, if you do this. If she read it. I understand that if she read it, she would understand that. But the thing is, is this manager bitch is a fucking see you next Tuesday. (laughs) And she needs to fucking sit her ass down and think about what she did. Because she's a fucking cunt. And she gets what's coming to her at the end of the episode. Okay. Somebody were to sign a contract... Why would you feel you would have to reiterate said thing and contract if they've already because signed it? She's it wasn't Brooke going up to them and being like, Hey, I've made these designs. Can I submit them? It was her going up to Brooke and saying, like, hey, those maybe, are really cool. Because maybe she uh thought she actually read the contract she signed, which you're supposed to do every time a contract is put in front of you. This bitch is a bitch and she needs to fucking stop being a bitch. <laughs> Moving on because I'm getting heated here. Luke She's is my Bret Hart. Fuck off. I will cut you. <laughs> Good thing we're not nearly, doing a tally for She's not nearly as talented either. Fuck off. Good thing we're not doing a swear tally with this kid <laughs> because he's down here right now. You owe me a thousand dollars. Good night. <laughs> Uh, Lucas paints his door black because... Well, so when Brooke moved into his room because he was living at Dan and Deb's place um, and her family was moving to California, he painted the door that's outside, like goes outside into his bedroom red because she was the girl behind the red door. His paint job was better with the red one as opposed to this black one. Well, in... (laughs) Do you think you'd paint really good if it was you were angry? I mean... He's angry right now. He's painting this door black out of anger because he can't stand the sight of seeing the red door right now. Have you ever painted angry and then like painted when you're happy? No. I have. <laughs> Don't even go there. No. <laughs> Don't even go there. Don't even... Um, and... Like, even Peyton, too. She even came up and she even said, oh, painting when you're angry, how original. Wow. And I was like, yeah, she gets it. She gets it. Um, But yeah, he's uh, painting and Peyton's trying to talk to him 
about, you know, she feels really terrible for what happened. And he's like, well, she's the one that said that she didn't want to be exclusive. She's the one that chose this. Exactly. But it still would hurt, though. Especially Chris Keller. She, especially because she picked... Yes, I know. She stupidly picked him in the draft. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking this fucking fantasy boy draft where she had the second pick and could pick Lucas and doesn't pick... She was trying to fuck with Rachel because Rachel's been fucking with her. Anyways. Stupid. So it's game day. Brooke is skipping, so she's not going to be able to cheer tonight. Stupid idiot. And she's actually like hiding. Like you can see she's shown up at school. Hold on. Uh, are we having our first game day in like seven seasons now? <laughs> it feels we're on like, season three, dumbass. It feels like forever since we've actually had. I need a fucking drink. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I'm going to get through this episode with you, fuck's sakes. I feel like we have not had any actual full on basketball games in a very long time on the show. Well, season two was all about literally nothing but their summer Felix holiday shit, and then season Haley two being is on so tour. Fucking bad compared to three, and we're only eight episodes in. It's so bad. See what I'm saying? So fucking bad. There's no basketball. None. Um. Anyways. Brooke is at the school, and I guess it's become Whitey wanted the guys to all wear suits and or shirts and ties on game days, like dress up a little bit. So um, Haley was talking to Nathan about his outfit, and she had to the cheer, cheerleaders had to decorate the guys' lockers. So Haley did Nathan's locker, and. Rachel did Lucas's locker. Yes, she did. She did a great job, too. But because in the previous episode, when she took it off her clothes at the river court, and then he was like, get dressed, Rachel. She's like, uh, you must be gay. So she did, like, gay pride shit for his locker. Yeah. Um, but then Brooke shows up at school. Here's something that pisses me off. About? So... When they started the school year, um, all of the lockers were assigned to alphabetical order by last name. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Lucas, Nathan, Haley, they were all like together. Technically, Lucas and Nathan's lockers were supposed to be side by side. And in this part, they weren't side by side. And also... Brooke's locker was like right beside Lucas's. Well, when there's only She's Brooke Davis. Yeah, but here's my rebuttal is that there's only forty seven people. There's in not Hill. only forty seven <laughs> fucking people. I'm gonna throw something at you. Fuck sake. So you know, there's probably only like twelve <sighs> kids who go to this school, enough to fill the cheerleading and basketball squad. And so and so, ergo. There is no one between Davis and Scott in the school. It goes from D to S. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, anyways, Continue. she goes to her locker and she opens it. And remember, Lucas had pimped her locker at the start of the school year. Like exhibit, yes. 
so she like opens it and sees all these pictures of them together and all the cute things he had done for her and then she gets upset and closes the locker and she has to leave now on the other side of the the coin here which is the way better storylines which is the dan storyline and the karen and the deb and the keith storyline and i know keith's coming back because craig schaefer is heavily favored on the credits as the show intros so you can't tell me that i don't know that keith's gonna be in the season because he has a title card in the opening credits so i know we're eight episodes in and we haven't seen a sniff of him yet but i know he's coming because why would they put him in the title card if he wasn't in the season right they would say guest starring craig schaefer not a full-on character I don't know, bro. Anyways. Dude, I'm wise to the shit. But anyways, as I was saying, uh, Dan is now, it's his turn to go on uh, uh, Monday Metal Mayhem with DJ Invasion, BrokenNeckRadio.com, uh, 12 years ago. Bro. My radio show. Uh, and yes, I'm on record as saying that I used to have a radio show, and I would have interviewed Dan Scott, and I would have given him my endorsement for mayor of Tree Hill. That would have been a huge mistake, but, but anyways. he's all about family family values. We're all about family values. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> um, and he's written Deb a whole script. That she reads verbatim. She reads it verbatim, but <laughs> Not with she has, she's like reading it like, are you f- it's she's reading it like she obviously didn't know what it said before so she's reading it as if she's reading it out loud the first time and like she's reading as eye rolling she's reading it as if she's the troubled kid in high school and the teacher made them read the sentence in front of the entire class yeah that's literally what he made her do (laughs) it was pretty funny but yeah Dan's all about family values. But he's, even he's the the guy like that was running the interview he on the radio, like, uh, he's like, uh, that seems staged. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. But yeah, Dan's all about family values. He's a good family man. Uh, Karen goes home to see Lucas has painted the door black, and he's sitting in his room on his bed, and she's like, "Oh, is this about?" like a girl and you know brooke davis and he's like i don't want to talk about it and then she says that uh it's a philosophical quote from her understanding that the fastest way to get over someone is to get under someone else (laughs) and she obviously being who she is the absolute she had no idea what it meant and then like lucas gives her a look and she's like oh my god i just realized what that means the definition of prude 101 the woot woot queen herself the drinks of juice i love karen she's karen so great Rowe. um yeah she has no idea <laughs> she's so great yeah dan dan's playing hardball again he accosts lucas at the river court yeah absolutely terrorizing at least him. he didn't drive his car on the river court grass that's the main thing that's the most important thing here. I did not see his car. He's probably one of the worst for it, though. No way. He doesn't drive up on there. He uses the parking lot like no, a good No, he does not. I've citizen. seen him parked on the grass several times. Several times that he's been parked on that grass, you have been the one yelling about it, and All it's I know been Dan. Is he is a good, upstanding citizen who would be a great representative for mayor oh, of Tree Hill. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> 
I just want to get you as heated as I can on this podcast because it's our first one back after a little while. Bro. You can drink too, so you can get real raged up. I'm almost done my first drink. Crack the second one and make sure you put it on the mic too. I'm not cracking it until I'm done that one first. I'm just saying when you're when you get there. Oh my god! <laughs> Apparently, Chris Keller reminds Dan of himself. He, well, yeah, heel piece of shit. Does whatever he wants. Always has to be in control. Sounds about right. And uh, I do agree with Keller that Deb is a milf wholeheartedly <sighs> agree the MILF status of Deb. So now uh, this whole game is going on. Oh my god, we get our first basketball game in literally a season and a half. And uh, Mouth and Gigi are running their radio whatever thing broadcast and Gigi says something about checking out, oh. sneaking into the guy's locker room after the perv, game. Dude. She's like Pervy King's daughter. Oh my we god! We got Pervy King, we got Pervy Prince, and we got Pervy Princess, which is Gigi, the color commentator. She's just funny, though. Like actually, so funny. I love it. Because the only thing she says is perverted. Literally, the two lines she's had has been her being a pervert. I'm turned on by this, and <laughs> this I like to sneak. Turns me on. And I like to sneak into the boys' chamber. It's just—it's something that. But oh, hang on, hang on, <laughs> hold the fuck up, <laughs> shut the fuck up, <laughs> shut your trap for SDF a minute, you brother. Um, Gigi reminds me like early Gigi of you reminds me of me because high school me like very timid in a way but also like I would have made the same kind of jokes I had like 17 boyfriends by that point some in their same family yes I dated cousins whatever (laughs) um but I was so timid (laughs) but then (laughs) Later on, Gigi, I don't agree with. Really? Okay. Interesting. I wonder what trajectory she goes down. And maybe it's because I've matured a lot. Like, in the last, like, when we were starting this podcast, I was, like, probably in the later half of the series, like, doing my own watch through. Fair enough. And I saw, like, the Gigi shit from then, and I was like, girl, no. Oh, so she's a main character going forward. Thanks for the spoiler, brother. Appreciate it. That wasn't a spoiler. Well, she's there later seasons. Not necessarily as a main character. But she's there. That means she's She makes an appearance. Still, she's there. But anyways. She's an ongoing recurring character. She, I don't agree, like, that... I'm yeah aged out of that kind of side uh, of she's her perf. and uh, Peyton, Peyton yeah. lays a great slap on Chris Keller Would because you... Chris is there to sing the national anthem <laughs> during the game and I and I took it upon myself to mute the national anthem as is my tradition every no you time didn't I'm watching. when we were watching it just humor me, brother. No. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I watch a sporting event, including a basketball game in One Tree Hill, it is customary to mute 
the national anthems. He did not. He's because lying. Because they're dog shit. No, I actually didn't need to mute it because he said the first line of the song and then they cut to a different scene. But, they cut to Tim with his cherub tramp stamp. Whoa, dude. He fits right <laughs> in with all the women in WWE with his cherub tramp stamp. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Cause what a shit tattoo. Like, holy fuck. Well, and then he says that he got his like jersey number tattooed. Like and number fifty five changes his jersey number. <laughs> Literally two seconds later. Oh well now you're zero. <laughs> that would be like, you know, Nathan's number twenty three and then Haley gets the tramp stamp like fucking twenty three tattooed on her and then like he gets his number changed. <laughs> oh man. But, Whitey uh, also announces that this is his final season. Yeah, the only one who knew before Win this or was lose. Mouth. He's yes. the only one who knew he had the exclusive. Also, would you say that Peyton laid the smack down on Chris Keller, maybe? <sighs> maybe kicked his Rudy Poo candy ass? Oh my fucking God. Okay, you're weird, dude. Uh, funniest moment in probably the whole episode. Okay. This moment kills me every time. Okay. Lucas and Nathan are obviously still not getting along. They're at odds for sure. They're at odds. Lucas is saying shit and now he's all moody because of the Brooke thing. And Nathan's like, uh, bro, like you told me to just get over it when it was Haley and I was married to her. Um, so maybe you need to fucking get over it. So anyways, he, um, Nathan is kind of going in and Lucas is standing kind of closer to the sidelines like where the benches are and Chris Keller is sitting front row and Lucas looks at Nathan and says like pass me the ball pass me the ball like you know he's yeah. gonna make a get this like catch the ball and make a great shot or whatever or like knows this play that he should do and so Nathan's like okay passes goes to pass Lucas the ball and Lucas jumps out of the way and the ball hits Chris Keller right in the fucking face <laughs> that was pretty great and I, I felt like that was purposefully done Pur- it was 100% purposely yeah. done but it's the funniest thing is Luke or sorry Nathan had no idea that that's what Lucas was planning I love it and so when it happens Nathan doesn't get pissed off of Lucas for jumping out of the way because he sees what it did and that it was Chris Keller and he just starts laughing. Yeah, I'm okay with this. <laughs> this is good. Totally this is okay good by me. This. So it was a moment that they kind of like were working together even though they're at odds right now. Yeah, exactly. Loved it. Yeah, subconsciously working together. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get the fucking Chicago Bulls walkout song. For the fucking Tree Hill Ravens. We literally get serious by the Alan Parsons Project. The same exact song that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and Luke Longley and Steve Kerr and Tony Kukoc all walked out to back in the day when they won six fucking titles. Interesting. Yes. Now that is by design, guaranteed. Because Nathan is number 23, <laughs> and they come out to the Chicago Bulls walkout song. That's uh-huh. not by accident. Mm-hmm. They lost by 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> not something Michael Jordan and the Bulls would do in a big game. <laughs> uh, Whitey's obviously frustrated well, and pissed off. The reason being is because they let Lucas take shots. 
Well, yeah, like he's, he's taking. Up, it was these, like it was like his first game with the Tree Hill Ravens all over again, just throwing up brick after brick. The thing is, he's on performance inhibitors. So, like the opposite of performance enhancing drugs is like the anti steroid. Yeah, he's like, it's same with my uh, medication for MS. It inhibits my immune system so that my body quits attacking itself, right? Right. So it's doing the same thing. It's working against him. He wants to perform. He wants to be doing all this shit and playing great because that's his passion. But he also doesn't want to die. Yeah. So, what do you think more important, high school basketball or your life? <laughs> that's the point that Haley's been trying to make to him that, you know, he's so not getting So he it. didn't actually tell Whitey about his situation. And Haley said she was going to tell Whitey about his situation. So Haley just hasn't done this yet? No, she hasn't done it yet because I think she's hoping that Lucas will have done it. Sure, taking her sweet time. Uh, Whitey is also Sting. It's Sting! I don't understand why. Sting holds a baseball bat. Oh, okay. Yes. And Whitey was holding a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah, because Dan was assaulting Nathan. Yeah, literally. Fuck Physically. Sakes. And now he's assaulted both of his sons. Yeah, in one episode almost. <laughs> uh, he did, like, physically assault Lucas a few yes, episodes back. a few episodes ago, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so it's uh, it's pretty heated after literally one game for the Trio Ravens and, and Whitey Swan Song season. Yeah. Uh, Brooke is waiting outside the gym for Lucas to kind of confront him. And he... He's cold shoulder, bro. He walks out. About time. And she looks at her and then Rachel's like, hey, want to ride? And he's like, yep. Or no, he asked Rachel for a ride. Yeah. So that was uncomfortable. And Brooke walks off in tears. So then Peyton and Brooke decide to go to the mall. And, you know, get Brooke's discount 10 times over. And just steal all the clothes with her design on it. I'm sorry, but she got what she deserved. She didn't read the fucking contract. <sighs> what do you do when you're presented with a contract? You don't pull a Keith and not read it and sign on the dotted line. You don't pull a Brooke and not read it and sign on the dotted line. Do you read your phone contract? Why would I ever read a phone contract? Exactly. It's a phone <laughs> contract. Do you know how many people... So now when we're going through like every customer's phone contracts, we read it to them and they have spots that they have to initial, but we literally read it to them because people are too fucking stupid and we'll tell them, hey, you have 15 days to return this device if you don't like it with a receipt and they'll try and come back a year and a half later and be like, I want to return the phone. It's not working or I just don't like it. Well, you needed to do that, like, basically a year and a half ago, bro, with a receipt. As long as I get the important pizza and cliff notes of a phone contract, I'm good. But we're talking, like, you're getting a job and they present you with a contract. That's kind of important to read that fucking contract. That's your livelihood, you know? 
Same with Keith. This is your fucking livelihood. Why wouldn't you read the contract? This is a fucking phone, okay? You know how many times I've not read a phone contract and it came back and bit me in the ass because of it? Never. And I've had phones for almost 20 fucking years. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. It is 2024, and I've had a fucking phone since 2007. A cell phone? Yes. I've had a phone for 17 years. Like for yourself, that you have signed the contract. Yes. Impossible. 17 fucking years I've had a contract. You cannot, you personally could not have had a cell phone contract until you were 19. Really? Yes. You were possibly on pay as you go, which there is no contract on pay as you go. There you go. I was on pay as you go for the first bit, and then I signed the contract. Pay as you go, there's zero contract. But still. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I've been on contract for 16 years. (laughs) So when I was sitting here saying that you were wrong, I was right. (laughs) I'm sorry that I I misguided a year. 16 years. So I've had a fucking cell phone contract for 16 fucking years, dude. Okay. Mm -hmm. When has it ever bit me in the ass that he didn't fucking read the contract? Tell me when. I haven't known you for that long, so. It never has. It's never come up. I barely even remember there's a signable contract for phones. No, because I'm the one that signs the contracts now because all of our phone shit is under my name now because not only do I get my cell phone discount, but I get 20% off your line as well. Not an important contract, especially compared to a job. Revenue Anyways, sharing. before... She's a fucking idiot. Uh, but she does steal the clothes back, and although her designs are pretty fucking mid, uh, she takes them back. Well, I mean, what do you expect from someone who's in high school yeah, that's just idiot. doing this for fun? Like, doing these drawings for fun. You know? Just... Just you fucking wait when it comes to Brooke. Just you fucking wait. I've been waiting fucking almost three seasons. I'm sick of it. Just waiting for the redemption story, bro. Fucking wait. Waiting. Tick tock. Mouth goes to visit Whitey. And he says, oh, look, I happened to get footage of the assault. So he got that assault from like the locker room. He was yeah. recording it and he was in there like you could see him yeah. pop out from like behind the he lockers. He probably wanted like a post-game press conference interview or whatever, right? Yeah, and he had his phone with him and just caught a quick clip. Enough to, you know, probably completely dunce down in his mayoral pursuit. Yeah. You know, oh, look, he's beating the shit out of his kid. I don't think so. Actually, he showed it to Karen. Much like Karen. He took it to Karen, not Whitey. Um, Directly to Karen, yeah. Much like Karen beat the shit out of Lucas that one time, too. (laughs) Bro, it was a slap. Um, (laughs) It was a slap. So it would be okay if you just slapped Flynn or Zane across the face? No! Okay, (laughs) fuck off. You're not going to be running for marriage, Hillelak, anytime. No, I'm not. That, That shit is so, like... (laughs) <laughs> I don't care. Um, Lucas decides that he's had enough of <laughs> sucking when he's playing with his team. So he he's, chooses death. He's throwing out his meds because 
he would rather die possibly die <laughs> than keep fucking over his team i keep going back and forth with who should win the stupid award in this show is it brooke or is it lucas like i don't know who's more stupid i keep going back and forth it's like a two-horse race and uh, you know lucas you know he, he'd rather die than uh suck at basketball and brooke uh just yeah she's completely moronic he'd rather okay here's the thing he would rather die throw out his meds and risk dying then talk to his coach (laughs) and maybe you know say like this is the situation that i'm in i still want to play but i just can't perform to the best of my ability because of my condition And have, you know, Whitey potentially be like, okay, we can still give you game time, just not as much. We're not going to push you as hard. Have him be a bench player. And just like, you know, still, I don't know. He just isn't making the smartest decision right now with this, obviously. I mean, I could see why not at the same time. Like, you know. Holy fuck, bro. You just spilled alcohol on our baby. (laughs) Actually, mostly on me. No, you got good splat right on his white onesie with that orange drink. Mostly on me, luckily. uh, Fuck's sake. And on my pants as well, too. Yeah. And on the chair. So, good going, bro. (sighs) Fuck's sake. You just changed him too. It's like on his hip, on his butt, on his leg. This is a whole thing tonight, bro. This has been like trying to get through this One Tree Hill portion. When did we start recording? I don't know. It was like eight thirty. It's almost ten thirty right now, (laughs) and we've only gotten through half. Dollar sign three point seven nine. All right, so it took us two hours to get through this One Tree Hill portion. You're good, bro. You've you've changed your shirt. You've changed from pants to shorts. Zane is in a different outfit. Third the, different outfit. Actually, the fourth different outfit today. But third in the last, like, hour. <laughs> the last 20 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> Holy fuck, bro. I've anointed him in alcohol. I was hoping that that wouldn't happen for quite a while for him. <laughs> he is only five days old, sir. <laughs> it is true. But it's not like I did it on purpose. So, there's that. Oh, my God. I just... The Rock and Cody Rose and Roman Reigns and Brooke and Lucas and Dan and Karen, they're all hot messes, just like we are here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. And you know what? We're getting to the September 29th, 1997 episode, The Go Home Show for Bad Blood. Sprayed my glasses, Oh, my God, dude. We're just all hot messes here on THWF. You know what? I haven't experienced drinking for like eight and a half months so long time you know i'm allowed to spray my glasses when i crack open a cold one okay you know what you deserve it bro and uh what better than to cheers it with fucking the september 29th 1997 episode of monday night raw emanating from albany new york (laughs) i'm just (laughs) 
how long is it going to take us to get through this? Yeah, part? we'll see. We'll see. He's asleep now, so we'll see. Yeah, he's he's crooked right now. Yeah, we're almost I'd matching. I'd be in so much pain right we're now. We're almost matching. Yeah, you're both wearing green. Yeah. This is a more like, like turquoisey. Turquoise, t- yes. Mine's yeah. just like a straight up like green. Homer, Homer grass green. Homer grass green. <laughs> yeah. You're funny. Okay. Albany, New York. Not far from New York, New York or Manhattan, which has Madison. Squoval. Squoval <laughs> Garden. Uh, we're in Albany and this is the go home show. And remember what a go home show is. We're going home. We're going home. <laughs> I don't know. The last show before a pay-per-view. The go home show to bad did the blood. Why? Like, okay, whatever. Two D's. I'm, not, I'm not gonna fucking, double D. It's WWF slash WWE. I'm not gonna fucking Don't even question ask it because they're stupid. <laughs> they're extreme. So like, extreme is spelled with an X. It's like X stream. There's no E. Uh, did they go to fucking elementary school and anar- like anarchy rules? Rules is spelled R-U-L-Z. Rules. Extreme rules. As someone who... It was a 90s thing, too. Excelled in spelling when I was in school. It pisses me off. Coming from somebody who made up their own shape, Squoval. I am not the first person (laughs) to ever say Squoval. I can guarantee you that. Probably not, but maybe another person who said Squoval. I can't think of names right exactly. now, bro. Exactly. Thank you very much. We opened the show with the most flamboyant, and I kind of feel bad doing the Vince McMahon voice, but I kind of got to just put my balls into it. Kind of just got to take a shit on it. <laughs> Ew. The most charismatic. The boyhood dream has come true. Mr. WrestleMania. The icon, the main event, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Do you see the way this cat is looking at me? Yeah, I do. He's like obsessed. Looking like a teenage girl looking at Shawn Michaels here on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and uh, you were all over this fucking interview segment here. What, I? Yeah, you were. I don't remember. This was pre- Birth. Yeah, I know we're going back a little bit, but we had an interview segment here where uh, Triple H and China and Shawn Michaels came out, and, and Rude Sergeant, Boy Rick, Rude Boy Rick was out there too. And Sergeant Chin showed up, and Vince McMahon, and they're all in. And literally, most of the promo, um, Shawn Michaels was doing the peace sign behind Vince's head. Oh yeah, <laughs> kept putting up the peace sign constantly, and like flicking his ear and shit. Yeah. <laughs> He was just being a shit disturber. Being a fucking shit, which is hilarious. And Vince literally called him the wise ass of the World Wrestling <laughs> Federation. And we're going to get real wise assy with these boys going forward. But, uh, yeah, he also said that uh, Triple H actually gets on the mic. Uh, and he says that, uh, you know, 
you don't exactly like clicks, do you, Vince? You know, you don't exactly like the click. You've spread your legs like some cheap whore for all these wrestlers in front of us. And now it's our time. Hilariously enough, Sergeant Chin does come in and all he does is spit. This is pre COVID, bro. Mm. But all this guy yeah, does that, is spit. Yeah, this wouldn't be cool right now. Like. <laughs> all he does is spit when he talks. So hilariously enough, Shawn Michaels tries to use his newly won European Championship belt to shield him from all the spit <laughs> that Sergeant yeah, that was Chin funny. Is, uh, is throwing his way and also helping Triple H out in the same respect. Uh, but yeah, uh, Shawn and Triple H's humor here is quite sophomoric maybe toilet humor but you've never really seen this kind of humor on the show before and it's actually quite refreshing because it is quite funny as mm-hmm. well um but uh we get an announcement from slaughter that we have a main event tonight and that is none other than triple h who has actually been referred to as triple h in the last couple episodes yeah he has and he will be taking on he will be going one-on-one with the undertaker <laughs> and that is the punishment for everybody in wrestling is having to go one-on-one with the undertaker but it's okay yes now i remember what happens so fucking prom king and diz prince are sitting i love how they're like besties prom king it and makes diz prince. Sense, right? um <laughs> so they're standing beside each other and they're literally looking back and forth at each other and then back <laughs> well, to fucking sergeant chin yeah well heart foundation comes out and they're just like we're gonna eradicate you know you degenerates Shawn oh, yeah, michaels and triple h so uh, they come out sans brian pillman of course because he's getting busy in a fucking hotel room ew don't <laughs> make it worse and uh you know he's just running down Shawn michaels saying he's gonna pay for his crimes just like undertaker said he's gonna pay for his crimes and uh yeah <laughs> Shawn Michael's the Triple H do the, you know, the big O face and the... <laughs> Looking back and forth. like <laughs> It was fucking hilarious. It was pretty great. And yes, this humor from these two men uh, is definitely going to be a huge storyline going forward. And I'm all here for it, brother, because it's pretty fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's time for an O face. But who's not getting an O face tonight is British Bulldog. And he's taken on one-on-one. One fall to a finish here against Vader. Not so Darth. So uh, as much as Bulldog likes to flex, and we love to see British Bulldog flex here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. It's Aaron's If only he thing. could like flex his ass cheeks back and forth. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. Good. Uh, <laughs> you know he's got quite the gluteus maximus on him, but uh, a, a right occipital protuberance, if you will. That's uh, not an ass cheek, but either way. Um, yeah, he likes to flex, but Vader doesn't exactly flex in the same respect. No. Fat flexing? Yeah. You've called it before? Yeah. <laughs> That's how he flexes. Yes. Not muscles, just And fat. when Tassel Boots was trying to like get him to flex, yep. he knew what he was doing. Oh, he knew for sure. that if not so Darth flexed, it would be not the same. Yeah. So he was trying to do it to make fun of him. Basically. He also, uh, from face lock suplex Vader onto the guardrail outside, which is pretty goddamn impressive. But then Vader ends up doing back to Bulldog because he gets a little bit too ahead of himself. 
thinking he could do it again. Now, Vader goes for the Vader bomb uh, at the end of this match and actually hits it. And he's going to hit that one, two, three. But, of course, the Hart Foundation is in quickly for a disqualification finish. And a, How many DQ finishes oh did we God, get this okay. episode? Holy shit, dude. Like, Monday Night Raws are notorious for having disqualification and count-out finishes. But, the, yeah, this one was a little bit overdrive on this one. But, uh, yes, we have uh, our first DQ finish of the night as Heart Foundation. Throw on the, the ring post figure four on Vader and then also throw the ring post figure four on the Patriot. He feels like a four-on-two advantage is in his favor. Um, and then they also get draped in the Canadian flags because at Bad to Blood, this Sunday, it's going to be British Bulldog and Bret Hart. In hey, a- I'm not going to be pregnant for the... You're the not. thing, because so he's up, already born. Doll yourself up, bro, because you're going to be on camera, dude. And uh, we got a flag match between the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, Bret Hart and British Bulldog against the Patriot Invader. Mm. It's a capture the flag match. Again? Again. Yes. In St. Louis, Missouri. Interesting. Yes. Uh, IC title tournament. We only got one match left here, and this is to decide who faces Owen Hart in the tournament final at Bad to the Blood. And this semifinal matchup involves who? We are the nation of domination! We had New Day in the title of this, and uh, New Day did a who thing in their run. Uh, so who? Who is it? No, it's actually not Rocky Maivia, as much as I like to pump this theme song of his. But uh, it's actually Farouk, the rightful leader of the nation. And Ugh, he's taking worst. on his absolute arch nemesis slash partner slash arch nemesis in Thonginator himself. Guy can't fucking make up his mind. Ahmed Johnson. The aforementioned Pearl River powerhouse. But most importantly, Rocky's out here. But because the nation, uh, specifically Farouk, has his cronies as his backup, Ahmed Johnson's not coming alone either. He's coming out with Ken Shamrock. And Spiky Dino Bros. (laughs) And the Spiky Dino Bros. The Road Warriors themselves, the Legion of Doom. So yeah, he's not solo. But unfortunately, a week prior in that uh, first quarterfinal matchup that he had with Rocky, uh, Ahmed fucked up his hand. Yeah. And he fell out to the outside and grabbed onto the announce table. I don't know if it was the Spanish one or not, but it had a protruding nail and he cut his fucking hand and needed stitches. And he apparently doesn't have feeling in a couple of his fingers. Unreal. The lacerated kidney and fucking leg injuries and and knee injuries and gut injuries and and you know tours fucking mcl acl you know literally his first week with the nation and fucking now he's like cut his hand on this nail randomly he's so fucking injury prone and that's the problem with Ahmed is that he's not trustworthy says he's so well, many okay. times 
a nail protruding sure, from that's, that's a freak not his but fault everything else though like this just becomes a common theme now but it, the way that they were talking about it when like during the episode they were making it sound like oh he's so accident prone like of course and yeah, it's like but this wasn't his fault it's fair it's a freak accident but at the same point check over your equipment better before you sure set up but this dude definitely has a history and this doesn't make it any better um so <laughs> we realized but it that shouldn't make it any worse at the same enough, time fair enough but it seems to be a theme here whether it be an accident or not um but the problem is here is he actually really can't do much with this lacerated no. hand. He doesn't have feeling in, I think they said three fingers. Three fingers or something like that, yeah. Which, Because it's unreal. nerve damage, right? Absolutely. So they basically, you know, pump up, oh, he has the bad hand, he's got no feeling, whatever. So they make it a fairly quick DQ finish where he basically gets pissed off and takes the steel stairs and rams fucking... Uh, Farouk's hand with it a couple times and then punches the referee out. Yeah. And that's a real quick fucking uh, race to the disqualification table if I've ever seen one. And he's got it heavily taped up. But uh, yeah, of course, both uh, Legion of Doom, Ken Shamrock, and The Nation are outside and they won't shut the fuck up <laughs> like our goddamn cat should. <laughs> <laughs> what is with this episode? I don't understand the forces in the universe just don't want us to record this episode, but we're going to really soldier don't. through. We're going to fucking soldier through, brother. So we apologize. We're going to sergeant slaughter this shit. We're going to sergeant chin it. We're going to soldier through. Uh, a 10 hut and uh, actually, the funniest part of that brawl between uh, Legion of Doom, Shamrock, and the Nation is uh, D'Lo's little cool hat. Uh, Hawk puts it on. <laughs> <laughs> we get another uh, segment of Sable's secret mission. Uh, I ignored this because I was like, <laughs> please, this is so lame. As this time she is um, playing laser tag with the headbangers. Uh, and then we get... Our very last Brian Pillman's Triple X Files. Thank the fucking Lord that it's the last one. Yeah, it's probably the pervious one of them. It was terrible. He saved the worst for last. Because he's literally got Marlena in bed with her. With, with her? With, oh, I'd be okay with that. Uh, uh, with him and literally held against her will and saying that, okay, we have a match at Bad to the Blood. It's going to be Do Love versus Brian Pillman. So do love, I guess, is gonna get the last gasp of revenge for Goldust, and then the night after, so literally a week from this show, the next Monday Night Raw after Bad Blood, sorry, Bad to Blood, uh, the thirty days is over, and Goldust has Marlena back. But the last match on the Sunday will be Do Love and Brian Pillman, and Brian Pillman wants Goldust handcuffed to the fucking post outside, and he says, "Bring your own handcuffs, cause mine are a little busy." Uh, <laughs> oh, dude. So disgusting. Doesn't it scream Vince McMahon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it all makes sense. It all just makes sense. all the sense, doesn't it? It's terrible. It is. And in a way, like... Looking back, it's like, ooh, ooh. In a way, it's like, why would they play along with this shit? That's the thing. Like, every fucking soap opera, TV show... 
has always pushed boundaries when it comes to storylines like this, and it's just another television show doing the same thing. But Ick. unfortunately, harping on real life because Brian Pillman actually used to date Terry Reynolds. <sighs> Gross. Yeah, I know. Uh, Dude loves on commentary for this next match as he is the hippest cat in the land for this match between his buddy Goldust and the Sultan, who we have not seen. Pointy big, boots guy. Pointy boots, big booty boy. The Sultan uh, is literally doing nothing Versus in this chicken match. chicken nugget. And Goldust gets a fairly easy win with a clothesline. Doesn't even use his finisher to win the match. Shows how much they care about the Sultan at this point. But because Marlena is out from said contract next Monday, Goldust and Marlena are renewing their wedding vows next Monday. That's cute. Their daughter will be there. There'll be a whole ceremony. It's going to be very sweet. Unless a certain Heart Foundation member has something to say about that. My guess is he won't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But my guess for the next segment... Mr. Stoko. You said segment. Stoke. So fucking Segments. weird. Stoko Steve Austin. We're, we're so out of practice in this fucking because we have done this shit. In it's like been like a week. a week. And we're like so out of practice because we usually do at least one record every week or a couple times a week sometimes. And we're so out of practice after having this child and all the Vince McMahon happenings and the Royal Rumble and The Rock and Cody Rhodes. and Being Roman in the Reigns hospital and, for like a couple nights. You know, having really a couple nights in the hospital now having three children off. in the house. And uh, at least I'm off work. Thank fucking god i'm off work dude <laughs> um, so am i for a whole year and so you are so you are so you are uh yeah uh so we get stone cold steve austin and my favorite sign possibly my all-time favorite sign in uh, our entire arc so far somebody behind the commentary table has a sign that says dyslexia 613 too good that is original and amazing and i commend whoever brought that sign to monday night raw um but yeah right away now what happened last week with the old stone cold and vince mcmahon on monday night raw oh boy what happened he did the thing did the thing what did he do he did the what's that move called i don't know Go away. What's that move called? Dude. It's the most famous move the in wrestling. The stunner thing. The stone. Wow. The stone cold <laughs> stunner. He stunned Vince McMahon. You spilled a drink on our child, so I can, you know. <laughs> throw that back on my face. Uh, yeah, stone cold stunner to Vince. Vince had the worst sell in history, rolled over Austin, and then lied in the middle of the ring, convulsing like that he was, was dead. so funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was actually talking to my good buddy Adam Love uh, on the phone last night, and we were talking about uh, Vince's said sell of the first ever Stone Cold Stunner he received. And uh, uh, Adam actually said he thought Vince was dead when he was like ten years old watching this <laughs> shit. Uh, it was one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. And also now it's very apropos seeing this fucking pervy fuck getting stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, But basically Vince gives Austin an ultimatum. He asks him, are you certifiable? Wow. Certifiable. English. Certifiable lunatic? Or you just don't give a damn? Or maybe a little from column A and a little from column B. But he gives Austin three options from here on out 
Okay, option one, if you can somehow get some doctor out there to give you a medical note that says you can wrestle, which we know you can't, if you can get that done, you can return to the squared circle. Number two, if you do come back without said doctor note, you will sign a contract that exonerates the WWF in every way, shape, or form if you get injured again and your career is over. We're not at fault. It's all on you. Or number three, you're fired. What do you think Austin's going to pick? He's probably signing the thing that says, you know. Makes sense. I mean, he's only putting himself at risk. Yeah. Vince is just covering his ass, mm-hmm. right? And the company. So, interestingly enough, we don't get an answer yet. And we will see when said answer will be happening. And also, uh, Austin says, hey, maybe I'll sign the contract. And maybe I'll shove the document straight up your ass. <laughs> then he flips off Vince and then throws the ring bell hammer at him while he goes back to the commentary desk literally throws a hammer at this <laughs> oh my god uh then we got a tag team title match for some reason we've got headbangers defending their tag team titles against wow want to be bsb losers whoa dude they weren't even attempting no. To look any sort of... Uh, <laughs> they just looked like 90s fucking... I don't know. Cholo. So it was like, yeah, I guess Backstreet Boys are 90s, so... But like hardcore Cholo maths. Yeah. Like, they didn't even attempt to get dressed up for this match. They were like hoodies and like... Maybe it was last minute. jackets and like... Maybe it was like, hey, we need to fill some time. And they're probably. like... We're not ready. And they're like, well, this is happening. Tell me you're a jobber without actually telling me you're a jobber, <laughs> as the Lost Bariquas. And uh, apparently they're just dressing for the weather, I guess. It's cold out. Yes, so. Getting cold out in New York in September, late September, I guess. Uh, they want to be warm. And uh, the Godwins interfere, and it's another disqualification finish in this show. Of course. The third already. And we still have fucking one more match to go. And there's only been one match that actually hasn't finished by disqualification. That was Gold Dust getting a clothesline win over the Sultan. Uh, Godwins interfere. DQ finish. No one cares. Godwins actually have a tag team title match against the Headbangers at Badge of the Blood. What would you do if the Godwins win the tag team titles? I'd barf. And also, how long do you think they'd actually hold on to it for? A day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, next up, we have Owen316 says, I just broke your neck. He's looking for some fucking heat. Oh, he wants to smoke. He wants all the smoke. Oh, here. my God. Because but he's escorted shit. out with police officers. Yeah, literally the SWAT team. SWAT. <laughs> Not the Samoan SWAT team, but like an actual fucking SWAT team. And they ain't fucking around. They got the batons, guns drawn, you name it, man. They had like the had helmet the, with yeah, the mask. Yeah, exactly, right? The, the shield. 
Um, but yeah, Owen's out here, and man, I don't know how much he might have got with that T-shirt. I don't know how how well it would have been received with Austin, but honestly, I'm sure they got his permission anyways. But either way, he's wearing an Owen 316 shirt, and this is the first time we've seen an offshoot of the Austin 316 shirt. And on the back, it literally says, in the Stone Cold font, I just broke your neck. <laughs> I just whipped your ass. Not that. I just broke your neck. How apropos, Owen Hart. And he actually cuts a pretty awesome, uh, awesome promo here against Stone Cold Steve Austin saying that, you know, you kind of have to fire because Vince is in the ring interviewing Owen. And he's saying, you know, we all know you're the you're, you're the CEO. You're the chairman. You're the guy here. So I know you have the authority to fire Stone Cold Steve Austin. You should do so because all he has done recently is run amok. He stunned Jim Ross. He stunned Sergeant Chin. He stunned Jerry the King, which, you know, that's warranted. Who cares? And now he stunned Vince McMahon. So not only should he be fired, he should be incarcerated for what he's done. Mm-hmm. How far behind do you think Stone Cold Steve Austin is right now? I My question is, how did he get that outfit? He probably beat the shit out of a cop, stole his outfit, and then went out. Because they're wearing, like, these huge masks and, like, headgear and stuff. So you wouldn't even be able to see who it is. Yeah. Right? So all he would have to do is basically... And he was wearing, like, shorts earlier. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, he just bum-rushed a cop in the back. <laughs> stole his outfit. <laughs> and impersonated said police officer <laughs> as they came down. It's funny because he had Kind of four- reminds me of a certain... Uh- Incident from May 2020 in Nova Scotia. Anyway, uh, April. Does, yeah. Sorry, uh, April, April 2020. 2020 yes. uh, but uh, we've got four armed police guards on the ramp here. Two halfway up and two just by the ring. But there's one police officer that looks a little bulky maybe his uh, arms are a little bulky yeah his arms are a little i didn't notice hefty. that i was trying to like you know what they showed the him. replay of the four police officers walking down and the one that was austin i looked and i was like those are stone cold's arms oh <laughs> i could tell oh you recognize his arms i recognize his arms much wow like you recognize bulldog's thighs and Shawn Michaels' ass. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Stone Cold's a fugitive. <laughs> he is in complete disarray. It took a while for you to get out. I'm trying to get the words together here. It's been a night. Uh, but <laughs> It really has. It really has. But we're, we're, we're rolling here. We only got a little bit left. And we're only at the 118 mark, so we're not even doing that bad. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. Although too. we've been recording for how long? Almost it's taken three us hours. this long. <laughs> but we're getting through it, brother. And uh, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin literally impersonates a fucking police officer, jumps in the ring, Stone Cold Stunner, and away he goes. He is out like the night. And uh, he's a fugitive running from the law. <laughs> he's literally Harrison Ford. Uh, and he's gone. Uh, one segment they actually showed before this main event match between the undertaker and uh, triple h is 
they actually showed the engineers and the guys who built oh, the yeah, Hell in that, a Cell. I thought that was so interesting yeah. that, that it's how they constructed it, how they put it all together, how I'm telling you right now to stop biting your fucking nails on the podcast. It's a hangnail. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of it. It hurts. And also this dude who literally just had this idea uh, to put together these fucking fences and make this uh, insane spectacle of a cage with a roof on top of it and here we are we're only six days away from undertaker Shawn michaels the inaugural first ever hell in a cell match in st louis missouri at bad to the blood okay undertaker and triple h main event match Right as Undertaker's coming out, how long did the lights guy take oh, for this one? God, it took so fucking long. <laughs> hit the gong, hit the lights. Hit the gong, hit the lights. Hit the gong, wait seven seconds and hit the lights. <laughs> hit the lights. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Sometimes they get it, like, they're pretty on pretty, fucking point. Maybe close. a second or two off. Or not only that, sometimes even hit the lights before the gong hits, mm-hmm. right? You and know? then it kind of gives that element of surprise. Oh, oh, who's coming out? And then you hear, dong, right? You know? Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's kind of right? spookier that way. Which I like later, that. Which later years, they actually timed it quite well, where it's just like, Yeah, because right now they fucking suck. Oh, so bad with it right now. Like, gong guy get in tune with the fucking lights guy <laughs> like come on collaborate here man communicate dudes they're too stoned yeah probably uh but nowadays uh, they're actually quite a lot better with it is that literally the second you hear the gong lights are out like instantly sometimes the fucking lights go out even just a split second before the gong is perfect but Bret Hart and Bulldog attack Taker before even gets in the fucking match Vader and Patriot are down in to save their American hero, Undertaker. And uh, apparently Vader is a fucking babyface now, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Because he's like anti-Canadian. So I guess that jives with the American audience. And now Vader is a fucking babyface. Did fucking piece of dog shit like Hasn't been coming out with him since. Yeah. We haven't seen Paul Bear in a little while now. Thank fucking God. Hopefully we see him again soon. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and so Triple H, of course, Triple H and, and HBK take it upon themselves to pummel fucking Undertaker on that ramp before he can even get into the match. But then Undertaker, being Undertaker, gets up quite quickly. Uh, and also another body is out here, and that would be China. China, China, China. People think I don't like China. I love China. China. China is the new China, by the way. China, China, China. I deal with China. China, China, big league China. So don't tell me about China. I know China. China. And by the way, I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. China, China. Oh, yes. China, China. One night in China. Um, Ew. But uh, it's kind of a nothing match. Uh, Rude Boy Rick's out here and nails Undertaker with the briefcase. DQ finish. DQ finish number four out of five matches uh, tonight. <laughs> just can't it was get away. excessive. <clears throat> and that's the thing about a go-home show is you're not going to really have many definitive finishes going into a pay-per-view. There are going to be fucking schmoz fucking finishes. But either way, it's another DQ here because of Rick Rude. Ravishing, that is. Um... And yet, what do they do? 
Undertaker's old gimmick back in the day was he'd beat his opponents and he'd throw them in a body bag, zip it up, and send them on their way. And now we have an Undertaker-sized body bag mm-hmm. that Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Except China it was not Undertaker-sized. It was too short for him. <laughs> yeah, it was a little small. Apparently, ideally, Undertaker-sized body bag, but not so much the case uh probably gonna need to go to costco for that body bag for the undertaker you know you gotta get the warehouse pack size of body bags as opposed to the uh you know the uh, mid-size range you know he's a big boy he's like a shoot six nine six ten <laughs> so i uh, probably gonna need a pretty hefty bag there for the undertaker and uh, throw him in the body bag, zip it all up, think they got one over on him, and he fucking sits up in oh the fucking God. body bag, rips it open. Literally ripped it. That's something that's haunt your dreams before. Literally, you stick a guy in a body bag, and he sits up in the body bag and gets out. Sounds like a horror movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds like Halloween. Sounds like Michael Myers. That's literally what he is. Sits it up, rips it. Sits it and rips it, and he even chases after all of them. And he gives the tombstone to fucking. You're like burping as you're like saying this. It's the whole thing. Uh, Undertaker gives the fucking tombstone to Triple H on the fucking stage at the top. And what does Shawn Michaels do to get away from the Undertaker? He oh, starts God. scaling the Titan Tron. I know. He's like. <laughs> He's going up, he's not going to the back. He's not going in the crowd. He's not oh. going underneath the ring. He's going up. <laughs> so funny. He's scaling the fucking Titan Tron to get away from the Undertaker here. Oh, man. Do you honestly think Quick Like a Cat fucking Undertaker is not going to scale the fucking Titan Tron after you? you oh, know he's he going for it. You know he fucking can. He's taller, so he'll be able to get up there quicker. But do you think maybe Shawn Michaels getting in some practice for Bad Did It Blood? Scaling, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what was your grade on the show? Um, it was all right. It was okay. Yeah, it was the greatest. Two point okay. eight. Yeah, it wasn't as good as last week's Madison Scorpio <laughs> Garden legendary episode. Yeah, with Cactus Jack's debut, the first stunner on Vince, and a whole host of other things, but. Um. Yeah, this one was okay, but it's it's your typical go home show into a so called B pay per view, not a a big four, big five show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, now we got bad to the blood next week. I'm so excited, and this is also one of the most uh, anticipated pay per views I've had for this podcast. Uh, for this show specifically. Why? Um. Because. It's just awesome. Well, maybe not the whole show's awesome, but there's definitely some moments that you will remember uh, in perpetuity going forward. Um, some I'm sadness. Be very ju- judgmental of this one, though. Uh, there's some sadness. I have to say, there will be some sadness. Why? There will be some gladness. There will be some craziness, and there will also be uh, a segment we are allowed to skip. Skippable segment. Skippable segment. Why? The, it's in St. Louis, Missouri. And St. Louis is quite a big territory back in the days. And so they literally cart out a bunch of old wrestlers and honor them. 
and say a bunch of nice things about them and say, hey, look, it's Gene Kanitsky. He used to wrestle in St. Louis. Here he is. And it basically appeases, like, the old school, like, wrestling fans. And so they literally bring out these fucking legends and just say, oh, they're great. And they used to wrestle in St. Louis. And it's, like, 30 minutes long. Oh. So, pass. Yeah, skip. So we don't save have to watch Save me some that. time. Yeah, we'll save us some time. Let me go to bed earlier. <laughs> with the toddler and a newborn, you don't get to go to bed earlier. <laughs> Just doesn't happen, bro. Well, no, we've been doing actually really good. I've been going to bed first, get a good amount of Z's in, because you're more of a night owl than I have been. So you've been staying up with him later, passing yep. out on the couch, and then I come out when I have to pee in the middle of the night. It's worked so far. And relieve you of that. And then yeah. typically I'm able to give him a bottle and then lay him down in the bassinet, and yeah. he's been fine. Fair enough. And then I come back to bed. <laughs> so there you go. You get to skip a long, boring, lame segment on this next pay-per-view good but uh the show will start and you will be shocked and you'll be sad um why shit happens bro and uh away we go uh back to the blood up next yeah yeah don't like am i gonna cry i don't know I'm an emotional bitch right now. My body <laughs> is going through. Bro. I'm postpartum. My hormones are fucked right now. Well, I don't know if it's a crying thing, but it's definitely like a wow. That really sucks. It puts things in perspective. Um, hmm. But here we are, and uh, bad to the bloods up next in season three, episode nine of One Tree Hill. You remember uh, we named one of the episodes of season three, One Tree Hill, the, the return of the Future Shock DDT? Mm. Which one was that? Uh, I can't remember. Let's see if I can find it. Find it up, bro. But uh, at the road. Uh, that's episode 11. Okay, so we're a few away from that. Yeah. Return of the Future Shock DDT. Uh, so at the Royal Rumble, um, CM Punk had his first televised return match. And he was number 27. And uh, well, a lot of people thought that he easily could have won the Royal Rumble and then challenged Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. But Drew McIntyre, who does the Future Shock DDT, gave CM Punk a Future Shock DDT, injured his tricep, and now CM Punk is out for months and won't even be able to have his match at WrestleMania <laughs> because of Drew McIntyre in the Future Shock DDT. Wow. And now Drew McIntyre, sans The Rock, obviously, uh, has now turned himself into one of the biggest heels in the company because he's done nothing but make fun of CM Punk's actual legitimate injury. He posted a video on TikTok that where he started working out his triceps and said, don't skip tricep day. <laughs> wow oh he's a heel he's a heel and we're all heels here on tree hill wrestling federation podcast much like dan scott um and we love you all and you can hit us up at treehillwf.podcast on all the socials like facebook instagram tiktok tout vine threads threads nexopia myspace AOL and MSN Messenger. And you can also hit us up on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iWatt Radio. iHeart Radio, bitch. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude. Uh, hashtag we want Cody. The sweet life of Rock and Cody. Wow. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, final predictions. Hell in a Cell. Undertaker Sean. I don't know. What is your most plausible outcome? I already said it. But please. I said that knowing the WWF, they're going to be like, Shawn Michaels wins this one. But how? I don't know. I have no idea how this is going to go. But what what do you think? Like, what is the most plausible uh, plausible explanation that Shawn Michaels could be Undertaker in a, a no-win situation? Undertaker gets injured somehow? I don't know. Okay. okay. That's the only thing I can think of. They're literally in a fucking cage. Yeah. Some Like, sure. maybe he falls and hurts himself in some way. I don't know. Sure. That could I have no idea what to expect. I've never seen a fucking Hell in a Cell match. Well, now you're going to hit your first one. And I dare I say could be definitely top two Hell in a Cell match of all time. Okay. Um, and there has been, man, I can't even tell you how many Hell in a Cell, probably in the dozens for sure in the last 25 years. Hmm. And this is definitely top two, hmm. if not number one. Now, I don't know, like, um, legendarily speaking that this is the most legendary Hell in a Cell match, but it is definitely about as top-notch match as you're ever going to get. Now, that Ground Zero Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match, although it was quite the clusterfuck, it was amazing and very well done. But this is just like... You could not put together a better story and a better match than this. Hmm. So I know I'm uh, uh, pumping it up a lot. You are, yes. This is the second match in about 14 years that now we've mentioned Dave Meltzer on the podcast before, and he is he is basically like the I don't want to say guru, but he is the people in the wrestling community take his word of word of God almost where his ratings on his matches, you know, his five star ratings, they have so much like weight to them. And he is well known for giving his so-called five star ratings to like AEW and Japanese wrestling, but WWE hardly ever gets five star ratings because I don't know. He's just a hater or whatever. But anyways, from 1997 till 2011, so we're talking 14 years of wrestling in WWE, there was only three matches in WWE history that had five stars from Dave Meltzer. Mm. 2011 had CM Punk versus John Cena at Money in the Bank, which got five stars. Austin and Bret Hart at WrestleMania, the submission match, got five stars. And Shawn Michaels, an Undertaker, five stars. Only three matches in 14 years had that distinction. Weird. And you will see that match hmm. on the next episode of Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast. And I am Shawn Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. And this is Zane Harris. <laughs> and we bid you adieu. And I say bye, bitch. Are you ready?
They think you could tell us what to do You think you could tell us what to wear You think that you're better Well you better get ready Bow to the masters Break it down Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Well you better get used to the way the ball bounces I see what you got It measures in ounces But that's a freak boy Big man <laughs> Treat you like you're a little man Talking to Just not one of 